So my name is Nikki and today I'm just here to tell a story. So I'm not here to give a big theological kind of sermon this morning. I just wanted to share a story of what God's been doing in my life and my family's life and how God's walked us through a really new season. As we were going through this is the last nine months, as we've been sort of journeying through God, uh, what God was wanting to do for us, a lot of people were asking me, how do you know? Like, how do you know what God wants? How do you know when it's him and when it's not him? So this is something that I've been thinking about for quite a while and I thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to share the story of what God's done for us. So to set, set the scene, I'll start telling you how two years ago um, my wonderful friend Karen gave me some perfume for my birthday, which incidentally was in the last week. So it's kind of this two-year period, which I didn't even realise till the other day. So I'd just come out of a prolonged kind of difficult season in life and I'd spent about four years recovering from an illness where pretty much the focus was survival, so it was just getting through what I needed to get through. So she um, wrote a beautiful card. If we can go on to the next slide, Neil. Oh, no, actually, we'll start with this. So, um, yeah, and I was really prepared. As I was looking at what does it mean to follow God and how do we follow him in our life? So the world thinks, you know, it's become a missionary and go to Africa sometimes. What our mum thinks following God is like is being really super spiritual, becoming a nun. Go to the next one. We think it's going to be this wonderful, magical rainbows and unicorns and wave the magic wand and God's going to make our life fantastic. That's what we like to think it is. What it feels like at the time is really, you know, quite a journey and pushing through and it's really hard and difficult. But what it actually is on the next slide is Jesus carries us through whatever we need to carry through. So if you can go to the next one, please. So Karen had written me this lovely card um, which spoke of embracing new life that God had for me and this new season God was bringing and she'd given it to me after we'd um, just gone for a bushwalk out at Joiner near the dam. So that's always been my favourite place to go and there's the the dams there, there's some lovely um, nature reserves and we're walking through that and then afterwards we were sitting in her car which was just parked at the top of the street near the dam and it was raining so we were chatting through and Karen gave me this card and I was like, that's nice, thanks Karen, you know, new life. Um, and you know, I thought this was a nice thing for someone to give me but really had no idea what God was doing with that. So for those of you who don't know, um, some of you don't know me here, so I'm married to Ashley for 20 years and we have three kids that are 11, 10 and 8. Um, I work at Lawton State School, um, someone I used to, used to be in social work and something that some people know about me and others don't is I really, really hate things changing, like I seriously hate it. So I stay in jobs for years. Um, we bought our first home in 2001 and I was like, yep, we're going to live here forever. Um, I've had the same hairstyle since like 1999. I don't like buying new clothes. It's just the same. I like everything the same and safe. Um, and really, God in the last nine months has challenged all of that for me. So there's uh, one thing that's terrified me for years, and I realise this might sound ridiculous to some of you, but seriously, like, it breaks me out in a cold sweat, was the idea of moving house. Now, we had three children in three and a half years. Life was chaotic. There are parts of my house I hadn't cleaned since they were born, all right? Don't judge. 
I don't care if you judge anyway, which is what it's like when you're a mum. Um, now, I realise some of you have to move frequently and it's not really a huge problem in the scheme of life, but for me, for various reasons, I just was like dead set against we are never going to move. Now, we bought our first home in 2001. I've got a picture there. That was after we renovated it and built an extension. We gutted it. Um, we, were, we raised our family there. We rebuilt a lot of it together. It was a really nice, comfortable family home. We had a huge yard. It had a big shed. My husband was happy. It was very convenient to all the places that we needed to be. We had lots of wonderful memories there, lots of dinners with friends. And we'd made it our own and we had a really low mortgage. So in my mind, we were like, we're never moving. Ashley, we're not discussing it. It was frustrating to him. And that's it. End of story. However, last year in September, we went away for holidays at a unit at Caloundra, thanks to the wonderful Gail. And our kids spent the week, as usual, swimming in the pool. And we had our annual conversation about, do we get a pool? Where would we put it? The kids would love it, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't ever an easy fit to how we would arrange that in our yard for various reasons. So we usually just gave up the conversation. But I had this new idea which wasn't really welcomed, which was maybe we should look at buying, selling our house and buying another house in Launton that had a pool. Because I'm in my bubble. I'm not leaving Launton, all right? It's where everything is safe. Now, my husband's dream had always been to live on acreage. So I've always been like, yeah, yep, that's nice. That's the impossible pipe dream. So for a bit of a joke, we looked up homes for sale online that were on, were on acreage. And we found one we really liked in the perfect location, but it was way too expensive. So we just put that aside, but kept discussing the possibility of selling our house and what we could get for it and what do we need to do to make that happen. Now, I just want to stop here and acknowledge that God um, always prepares the way. So about five years ago, I was at home minding my own business and a lady knocked on our door and it was a complete stranger. And she said, look, I'm an investor. I've just bought the house across the road from you, which was two houses on one block. And the only bit of grass there was the nature strip at the front of the house. And she said, look, I live in Melbourne. Part of what I'm offering for my, um, as the landlord is to keep that nature strip mowed. So she said, look, you know, who's your gardener? And I'm like, honey, it's Launton. People don't have gardeners. Okay, we just mow our own lawn. So she said, who mows yours? I'm like, my husband. She said, do you think he'll mow the nature strip? I'm like, no, he hates mowing. He can barely mow our yard. No, it's true. Yeah, he hates mowing. And she said, look, I used to live up here and I had acreage and I've got a ride-on mower and it's got a big crack in the housing thing, um, so it needs welding. But do you think if I gave it to your husband and he got someone to weld it and, you know, he would mow the nature strip? And I said, well, as it happens, he is a welder. So... She delivered us this ride-on mower, he fixed it, and he mowed their yard, he mowed our yard, mowed the neighbour's yard, and after a year, she sold the house and never came back for the mower. So I was like, ha, 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 God's so funny, you know, he's given you a ride-on mower for whenever we have acreage, that's hilarious. So, yes, that was one of the, uh, I guess that should have been a bit of a, a warning signal for me. One of the other things that God helped us do in 2001 was we very impulsively bought our first home in Launton. So, thank you to Corey and his encouragement um, to do that. By encouragement, he's like, just buy the house. 
So we bought that for $90,000 before the property boom. We had no idea what we were doing. We're not kind of astute investment financial people. We were just like, oh, this is cheap. Let's buy that. So we did that. So that's just setting the scene. An important point is listen to your friends, okay? They know what they're talking about. So this um, journey that we're on now has been a long time in the making and it's had nothing to do with smart planning on our behalf. So I guess my first point today is um, God had this dream in Ashley for a long period of time and my question to you is what dreams has he put in you a long time ago? What ideas have you always had floating about in the back of your head? Now his vision, his new vision, his new hope for you may not be something that you've always wanted to do. It might be something completely new and different. But he made us to have certain interests, certain talents, certain desires. Don't discredit what God has planted in you earlier in life. Now the idea of moving was absolutely not on my radar, as I said, and I wouldn't discuss it at all. But the idea of moving, I just couldn't put it down. And I grew discontented with our current house. Now, I was felt really bad about that because I loved our house and it was a huge blessing to us that we were able to buy into it such a cheap time in the market and, you know, it was just something we really appreciated. And my first impulse was to question my greed that I wanted something more because the current house we were living in, it just wasn't enough anymore. And I'm like, Lord, this is not right. Like, we're supposed to be grateful for everything that we have and be content and thankful but God started to speak to me about the difference between having a holy discontent and selfish ambition. So the holy discontent was, how do you know this is God? Does the thing that you're kind of not happy with anymore and you want change, does it promote life in yourself, in others? Is it based on partnering with God? Is it similar to a child growing and needing new clothes because there's something new and different for them, they need to grow a bit more? Or is the discontent based on jealousy or bitterness or resentment? Does the outcome of that discontent produce isolation and judgment on others, relying on your own strength and understanding? So for me, there became this um, invited into a new vision and that started off with, I'm a bit discontented with what I have, I think there's something more. So my invitation today is to take that stuff to God when you're not happy and go, well, Lord, is there something in this for you that brings new life for me? The other issue that I struggled with ridiculously is that God has good things for us. So I guess growing up in the... Um, it, there was some wonderful things that came out of it, but growing up in a different kind of denomination in the Baptist church, it was very, you know, it's about suffering and um, being a follower of Jesus is all about life of sacrifice. You only get your rewards in heaven after you go through all the trials on earth. Now, this was um, something that God had given as a dream to Ashley, but my, my, I guess my thinking was God doesn't really give us our dreams. Um, he doesn't really, you know, help us access what we want, the things he's planted in our heart. And I still find that really confronting to say, even today, to say, Nikki, you can't, like, don't give people hope that God's got something better for them. Like, what if he doesn't? And then they're disappointed and then he looks bad. And, you know, obviously I'm an eldest child and I take on too much responsibility for things. But I don't want to give God a bad rap. But really what God was saying was, um, Nikki, like, it's okay to want good things and I have good things for you. And I was really shocked at how deeply I rejected that idea of, you know, but there's all these bad things that happen in life and things could go wrong and, and all that sort of stuff. So really there's some people here today that I think God is saying, 
Um, he really does want to bless you, and he really does have good things for you. And some of you are like, hells no, I'm not going to allow myself to dream. Like, that just always ends in disappointment. And, you know, my dreams might be locked, written down. My, my youngest daughter, my eight-year-old's got a new diary, a lockable one. So, of course, you know, everyone's got the keys to that. And she shows us what she's written. I'm like, child, you have no inner life at all. You don't have to show us what's in your diary. But she's got this cute little fluffy diary that you lock. And some of us have got our dreams written down in that lockable diary and then we've padlocked the diary inside a box and then we've chained that inside a chest that's locked inside a room that's in an abandoned house that's boarded up, that's located in a suburb that's deserted, that's in a kind of Chernobyl-like town that's completely devoid of any life at all because we never, ever, ever want to look at those dreams. And I feel there's some people today that God's saying, my hope for you is just to have hopes. Let's not even get to the, this is what my new hope is for you, because I know you're not ready for that. Let's get to the, my hope is for you to have hope. So there's some people today that if you want me to pray into that for you, I'm very happy to do that. But God was saying to me, I have good gifts for you. And it took a lot of kind of mental energy for me to go, okay, yep, I think God does want good stuff for me. But what exactly is the good gift? Now, you know, in our, I guess, our very limited understanding of life, we want things to be comfortable all the time. So sometimes our idea of what a good gift is is stuff that just makes me happy. So, you know, God, just wave your magic wand and just give me that job I want and bring me the partner in life that I need and, and this house that I want and whatever it is, we kind of tell God what our dreams should be. But I've seen enough of life to know there's some things that we... And it's not wrong to want those things at all. But sometimes the things we most desperately want to happen, just from the core of our being, and they're often really good things, they just don't work out. I've seen prayers unanswered. I've seen devastating things happen, some terrible outcomes that people have in circumstances that are really hard to walk through. Things just don't go the way we think that they should. And as Christians, we often, I guess, interpret, or maybe it's just me, of, well, if I'm a Christian and I love God, then he's going to make everything great in my life. But the Bible's very clear that there is suffering on this earth. And so it's that hoping for something good. Well, what is that good thing that's coming? Now, we were planning on moving to another house in Launton with a pool on just a normal block. So we ended up on acreage, not in Launton, with no pool. Now... I'm really aware that this is something that is quite trite, all right? I don't want to offend anyone whose circumstances are really like the reality is much more difficult than just finding a house to live. My point is, is that sometimes what we think the dream is isn't actually God's plan at all. And my point is understanding that God's vision for us involves a really important first step, which is asking him what it is. What is your plan for us? When I first left uni many, many years ago, I was applying for jobs. So I found a job, you know, just a graduate, didn't have a lot of experience. So it's tough to get work when you've got no experience. So I found a job that was um, local to where I lived. It was the area in which I thought I should work, um, that particular field. I'm like, this will be awesome. So I applied for a job. I got an interview. I didn't get the job. And I was pretty crushed because I've been looking for work for quite some time. I was like, seriously, God, like, that was my perfect job. Like, why didn't you give it to me? <laughs> why didn't you make it go my way? 
And as it turned out, I ended up getting a job somewhere else and, and could engage with that agency professionally, would refer clients to there. And, and you know, got to know the lady who did get that job and she's like, this is a terrible place to work. I hate working here. <laughs> the board are really controlling and I don't get any, you know, the funding I need. And I was like, okay, God, probably you, your ideas are a bit better than mine. So what we often end up doing is we just tell God what we want and what we think we need. We basically say, Lord, um, this is my vision, so you mould things around that to make it my way instead of saying, Lord, what is it that you have for my life and stepping into what he has rather than trying to force him to step into what we think it should be. So I couldn't put down the idea of, you know, moving to a new house and that's where God really, really started pushing my buttons through this process. See, I don't trust people very easily, particularly when it comes to finances. So there's historical reasons for that, and God's been healing me from that to a certain point for a time, but it's still a big issue for me. So the first step was you get your house evaluated and engage a real estate agent, and I just found that super confronting because I'm like, they're just going to rip me off. They're just going to, like, take money from us, and they're just going to stuff us around, and they're going to be jerks, and they're going to lie to us, you know, completely rational kind of thinking here. So we sort of prayed about it. Um, now, for me, it, there was a lot of irrational thought. There was a lot of irrational fear around what could happen. What are all the things that are going to go wrong? And there's lots of historical reasons for that. But God really, like, held a mirror up so he could show me how deeply embedded those fears were, the negative thinking, the um, fatalistic kind of approach to stuff. And it, it's not pretty when you look at that part of yourself. So my next point is that following God isn't always a comfortable, feel-good process of like, oh, these wonderful things happen and it was just great and easy. Like God uses circumstance to invite us into a place where he can heal us from past hurts, past negative beliefs and sort of that deeply embedded stuff that's inside. It involves risk. So when we're looking to ask God, how can I partner with you? What's your next step for me in life? There is absolutely risk that involves there. So God used this process to um, just rip off the layers, I guess, of all this stuff that I wasn't even aware was still there and sort of push all my buttons about lots of anxiety stuff and fear stuff. So such a fun process. But you are invited into a process where God will really push those buttons in you to bring about growth. Change causes disruption. Even when it's positive change, we're still saying goodbye to something so we can welcome something new in. So we prayed and asked God for the right person to come along to help us with this process. And he reminded me of a man who was a, a parent at our children's old school. But not only that, he had been the first person doing some subdivision in our street, which we were looking at doing with our house that we had. And he still lived on our street, so he knew the area very well. So I was like, okay, that's probably a good, you know, person to do this for us. I didn't personally like him. I judged him. I'd seen him around school and went, you know, real estate agent. Sorry, but, you know, a bit of a toss. I sort of drive around and I'm awesome and I'm being really honest here. I didn't really like him. He was the nicest, most helpful, upfront guy that really helped us through that process. So God was like, Nikki, don't judge. It's a good lesson for me. So he, um, he, we contacted him. It's extremely helpful. He walked us through all the possibilities. He'd actually done what we were thinking about doing. He knew all the costs. 
He had that personality type that I best responded to. He was very upfront. He didn't try and sort of sweet talk us into anything. So that was my first, like, okay, maybe God's kind of got this under control. So point six is God has the details covered. And when we feel overwhelmed, uh, the invitation is just we ask him and listen to what he says. So we made the decision to get our house ready for selling and we commenced about a six-week process of packing away clutter, removing the furniture we didn't really need to make the house look bigger, repainting it, finishing off renovations we'd started years before. Now, when I say that, it sounds so easy, (laughs) but it wasn't because it all ended up happening in November last year, which is our busiest, craziest month of the year. My husband's a teacher, he's got marking to do, the kids have all their end-of-year concerts and school stuff. It's just an exhausting time of year anyway. So we ended up, um, I ended up painting inside the house and my wonderful friend helped me with that, which was awesome. We had church events on. It's just an exhausting period of time, but God was like, this is when you're doing it. It's like, okay. So we were moving furniture. We had... um, yeah, just a whole bunch of fixing stuff up. We had a friend come in and help us help us finish some of our renovations off. So really for us, what God was speaking to me there was this is going to take some effort. Like you don't grow without changing. You don't grow without work. And if you're not prepared to grow, then don't ask God for change because you have to put some effort in. Many years ago, we had a wonderful friend who was struggling to find work and beautiful guy, just really loved God, and he just waited and waited, and God's going to get me a job, and I just got to keep praying, and, you know, God will give me a job, and kind of like, you do actually have to look for a job as well. You can't just sit and wait for someone to ring you randomly out of the blue. I mean, look, it happens. It happens. But God asks us to partner with him. So be prepared to work. If we could go to the next slide. Oh. Go back one. Sometimes we just be like, God, if you could just make everything our way, like that'd be great. Just make it all go the way we want and we don't have to actually do anything or change. We would love that. And that's not, you know, God's asking us to partner with Him to bring change in your life. Now, in addition to looking at moving house, we started, I started having issues at my work. Now, I had a wonderful workplace, loved working there. But due to some management decisions that I didn't agree with, there were staffing changes and it became a very stressful workplace. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to continue working there, which was kind of a real wrench there of the heart. We were looking at, obviously, you know, increasing our mortgage. So I needed that income. It was a tricky timing. I'd also known that when I left that job, whenever it was going to be, that that was going to be my last job in that career and that I would be doing something different. Didn't actually have any details about that, what that would look like. So all of a sudden, I was confronted with, in the midst of all this stress, um, yep, I need to like not only look for another job but actually change careers into something else. What was that going to be? getting my head around saying goodbye to a career I'd loved for 21 years and what the heck am I going to do? So for someone who doesn't like change, God was like, let's change all the things at once. And a friend said to me, you know, all you need now is to have another baby. So we're not friends anymore, okay? Friends don't say that to friends. No, joking, we're friends. (laughs) But no, no more babies. Alani, this is recorded. You are not having another brother or sister. It's like a weekly conversation. I just need a little sister. 
No. So it was a confusing time. You know, it was like, God, what are you doing? Like, can we just do this slowly, please? Like, just one thing at a time. And no, God's like, let's change all the things at once. So I'd also felt a prompting for quite some time to vaguely have an idea of starting my own business. But I didn't actually want to do anything about that yet. Like, that was just someday in the future. So my point is God's timing isn't always the most convenient. Like November, not a good time. Changing careers when you're increasing your mortgage, not a good time. But that's what God was saying. So how were we navigating this stuff? I know that I look old, but I'm not very good with the adulting type of stuff. So sometimes it's like, I don't know how to adult. Like, what is the decision I'm supposed to be making here? Isn't there some kind of book someone can just give me and say, this is what you do next, Nikki? And I'm like, okay, someone else can make these decisions. So the obvious answer for us of how we navigate this is just to listen to God. But what does that look like? So in our case, and this is just what worked for us, it may not be relevant for other people, but each step we were saying to God, if this is not what you want, then just shut this down for us, if it's not your will. So it was a a case of, well, we need to find the right agent and then we needed to be approved for a certain level of finance and then I needed additional work. Then we had to sell our old house at a certain price point. The eventual outcome all depended on these things happening. So we were told we couldn't afford the house we were wanting by our financial planner, you know, because they're the people that know the stuff, unless I had more work. So it's like, okay, well, maybe this is not God. Is this just us being, you know, silly? But then literally that same week I was offered a job that I wasn't looking for, that I hadn't applied for and actually didn't exist yet. It was a, we're going to create a brand new position so and we want you to do it at a workplace that was completely out of, you know, the range of what I was looking for. So a new job in a new workplace with new people. I was like, okay, well, maybe that's God, you know. I'm always looking for the catch, like, all right, well, that sounds good, but is it really good? Um, Then we were told we wouldn't get approved for the finance, but then that went absolutely through no issues at all. We, were t- we um, sold our house within 10 days of putting it on the market, but the contract fell through a couple of days before Christmas because the buyer was diagnosed with a very serious health condition and had to pull out of the contract. So it's a bit confusing. It's like, well, God, is this your plan? Like, ugh, if it was you, everything would just go through smoothly and it'd be wonderful and easy, and then I know it's you. Perhaps this is just our selfish desires at play. So what we ended up doing, as we all inevitably get to the point, is just praying and submitting all of our requests to God and just following where that leads. So we continued to pray, we continued to listen, to check. We had an eye on some of um, some properties we were looking at, but despite the massive interest we had in our house that we were selling, we started getting lower offers. And our agent was like, I don't understand this. You know, you're actually asking for a reasonable price and I don't know why it hasn't sold. So again, we were like, oh, maybe this is God, we're not meant to sell, which is, you know, a reasonable question to ask. Then we got given two quite low offers, which were delivered in a really kind of aggressive, bullying way of, well, we're offering you this much and if the owners come back with a lower price, we're just going to drop ours right down by 10 grand immediately. So that really like, well, if you come back with a price, we're just going to 
you know, pressure you guys into accepting this initial one. So we politely declined. And then our agent said, look, I've had a week of no phone call inquiries. I've had like 25 calls a week. I've had nothing this week. So we prayed on the Tuesday and asked God, if this is your will, you know the price we need. We need it by the following Monday. And Lord, can we have it from someone who's like reasonable, who's not going to come in and be super aggressive? So then we got a call that week on the Friday from the agent. He said, look, the last people that offered that price, that really low one, that really aggressive one, they've rung me back. And they said, you know what, we actually really like the house and we think you're right, it is worth the money and, and we're going to offer this price and, and is it okay, please, if we can negotiate, you know, can we please put another offer in on the house? So they ended up offering us the exact figure that we needed, which we hadn't told them that's what we wanted. And they were just complete, and the agent kept saying, I don't know, they're completely different. They're being really nice and just really pleasant to deal with. And we were like, well, you know, we did pray about it. So we had told our agent that we'd prayed. And in fact, he had another house for sale at the same time that had been on the market for months and had fallen through twice. So we ended up saying, can we pray with you over the sale of that property? We asked for God's favour and wisdom and how he should proceed with that. And then he sold it eight days later from the highest offer he'd had for the whole time it had been on the market. So it's not always about, God, just make my dreams come true. This is an experience and a memory that he had that no one can ever take away from him that God met him and listened to that prayers. Now, again, I want to say it's not just like we take our wish list to God and say, just make it be true, that would be great. It's about, Lord, we, we bring our issues to you. We bring our struggles to you. We bring our problems to you and we invite you into the midst of that. So we wanted to let God use our circumstances to be a witness to him, which is why I'm here today. So we sold our house. I'd been offered a new job. I started looking into starting my own business. Now, all of these things ended up happening within a few weeks of each other with no planning of our own. So for the girl who hates change, God changed everything within a few weeks, which is hilarious. Ha ha. So the final chapter for us is that um, the very first property we had looked at on the internet way back in September um, was a house that we had liked but was asking too much. So once we sold our house, we were like, guess we kind of need to buy a new one. So we started looking. We, my, God reminded my husband of the first house we'd viewed. We were like, nah. We didn't even talk about it, discuss it. There's no way we could afford it. So we rang the agent and he said, yep, the owners are willing now to negotiate in price. So they did drop it, but not enough to what we could meet it. So then the agent said, who was selling us the house said, look, how about I drop my commission so you can afford the house at the price you want? I'm like, I'm sorry. Does that happen? Like, is this a real thing? So I asked around the people and they're like, no, that doesn't happen, Nikki. They don't drop their commission. So I don't know about you, but that's not normal behaviour for a real estate agent. Sorry if there's any in the room. So it turns out that the guy was a Christian and his property backs onto ours. So, you know, there was just this timing stuff here. So then we were like, wow, we need to sit back and enjoy this miracle um, that God's done. Now, again, I realise this is a somewhat superficial miracle compared to what some of you guys are waiting on in life, you know, when you're looking at life and death miracles at what we need. So please accept my apologies for being trite, but what I wanted to do today was to show you that God cares about details and he cares about our dreams. 
Now, he organised the timing of the sale of our house and our ability to buy another. It was delayed long enough so those owners of our new house were prepared to drop the price. Now, I'm here today not to say, oh, this fabulous thing happened, aren't we great? Because Ashley and I are not business people. We don't have shrewd investment minds. Um, We don't have all this knowledge about financial stuff. It really has been a case of following God. Now, I'd like to say that all the stuff, all the renovating and the organising and the packing and the cleaning, you know, I found that very stressful. And I'd like to say that I navigated that with, you know, calmness and dignity and wisdom, but I didn't. Um, And I don't want to misrepresent that. There were lots of times when it was hard to sleep of like, what the heck's going to happen? What's the outcome here? I'm trying to like think of all the possible things that could happen and how I could plan for all of those things, which is just a ridiculous waste of time. The reality is we can't really control much in life. We like to think that we can, but it's false control. All we can do is pray, listen, obey and trust. We like to put our sticky fingers on things, as Wendy says, I love that expression, put our sticky things on things and try and construe events and outcomes that suit our limited understanding of what the best thing is for us. So, of course, now I'm like, well, yes, God led us through this. But at the time, I was very anxious and probably annoyed the crap out of my friends with my worried texts and phone conversations and discussing all the possibilities. So what I learnt with that was just to let yourself be human through the experience of change but take that stuff to God. Like, he gets it. He knows we're going to be afraid. He knows we're going to be anxious. We don't need to um, pretend to him that we're holy Christians and we just trust God all the time. He understands that our human nature is limited in our understanding and asks us just to take that stuff to him continuously. Lord, I'm really anxious about this. I need to talk to you about it. So the season that we are in now is that I change careers with no need to look for a new one and spend 15 hours a week in a job I'm really enjoying and then started my business with help from a friend, designing my website, giving me advice and God's been incredibly gracious because I I haven't had to really look for clients. Someone from my old career who knows me is sending me clients for my business. So these people are just ringing me. I'm like, Lord, seriously. I mean, he knows that I'm like an old tired mum and I think he's been very gracious towards that just to uh, help streamline that process. So we ended up living on a couple of acres at Joyner and the street that we're living in is the street where my friend sat with me in her car two years ago when we'd gone for our bushwalk and gave me a gift that spoke about new life. So the top of our street is the bushwalk where we went. I only realised that a couple of days ago. I'm like, what? Lord, really? Okay, joke's on me, ha-ha. But, you know, God had these things in plan long before I even um, thought about that. So these are just some photos. And I really struggle because I'm like, Lord, I feel like it's bragging. But God said to me, "I am. you are bragging. You're bragging about what God has done because this is not anything we could do. And my tendency is to play things down and I'm very kind of reserved personality. But God is saying, you know, Nikki, tell this story. Show him what he's done. This isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's our dream. It's what we wanted for our children. We've um, got a nice indoor fireplace. We've got a creek for the kids to go away from me and I can't hear their noise. No, for the children to enjoy wonderful childhood experiences in the creek, okay? Um, (laughs) Okay. 
But without God, that's the photo on the right is from our balcony. So we can sit up there and have a cup of tea and have our marmite on toast and enjoy the breakfast in the morning. There's lots of birds, lots of wildlife. My son is loving that. There are snakes, not loving that so much. So I just wanted to acknowledge God's goodness. And the photo on the right is the, is the, the dam. So that's always been where I go when I need to sit and, and think things through and experience God's peace. And now it's at the end of our street where we were sitting when I went with my friend for our bushwalk. So today I just wanted to acknowledge God's goodness. Now a few years back I, I frequently could barely leave the house. And I needed a lot of help with things, looking after my kids. I couldn't grocery shop sometimes. I couldn't even drive. It's humiliating um, because of certain things that were going on, getting to events. It was just hard. Like there is no way that I would have believed if you told me I was going to renovate our house, well, completely clean my whole house. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but that was like completely overwhelming. Pack all our stuff, move, change careers, start a business, live on acreage. Like, seriously, I did not want to change anything. And God was like, Nikki, I'm going to invite you into this. So the outcome is, this has been a thing in my mind that I didn't think would ever I could ever cope with. And now that I have coped with, there's this invitation to, well, what else, what other new things can God do in my life? And there's far less kind of the fear stuff and the anxiety stuff that I often battled with. If God's inviting me to consider change, I always shut that conversation down. But now he's shown me, you know what, you can navigate change with me. However, it hasn't been like a magic wand of now we've got this lovely house and all of our problems have gone away. We're still the same people. Like we still battle with the same stuff. We're now just doing it with the more intimate knowledge of God's nature and how he's partnering um, partners with us with that. So that's all I really wanted to share today um, of how God stepped us through this process. There was one area that I wanted to pray with people in is that sometimes, like I said, our idea of what God's good ideas for us is different. So we might think, I need this thing to happen to be happy. Sometimes God's vision for us he's inviting us into is, I'm not going to change anything. What I'm going to give you is a vision of how you can stay in the same circumstances and still be happy. So it doesn't have to be something that's changed to make us the happy place we think we should be. Sometimes God's saying, no, I want you to stay exactly where you are and I'm going to work with you on developing that character trait you need. Or I'm going to work with you with helping you accept circumstances and be happy in the moment. So I don't want to be too prescriptive with what I think God wants to do in people's lives. So if anyone wanted to um, have some prayer today, I'd really love to pray with you, particularly for the people who are like, This is very nice, Nikki, but no, I'm not even going to hope for something new. That's too scary. That's too confronting. God wants to help you hope just for hope in the first place. So I'm happy to pray for people with that and anything else that you want this morning. How about that? I did in under an hour. I told Bruce I would. So thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, if you want to talk about any of this stuff, come and chat to me and I'd really be happy to pray with you as well.